Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good afternoon to you. Hi, this is Patrick Timpone. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed Dr. Jennifer Daniels, a renegade MD out of Panama, where they are also mm, the natives are restless uh, in the street. Virtually every city in the I mean, it's crazy. We put a thing on Facebook that they haven't taken down yet. Virtually every city in the world, people are in the street saying, you know what, Uh, we're we're done. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Sri Lanka. They actually stormed the castle. I mean, thousands of people. They just took it over. And I think politicians around the country, around the world, are worried about just that. If they ever storm the castle... Baby, we're going to lose. We're going to talk to a gentleman in Oklahoma now, and if you'd like to join us, his name is Dr. Mark Sherwood. He ran, uh, unfortunately, unsuccessfully for governor in the primary in the great state of Oklahoma, but that's okay. You'll be back. Dr. Sherwood, welcome back, because you're a constitutionalist. We're going to talk about states' rights, and uh, thank you for being on the show. I enjoy talking to you the first time. Thank you, sir. Oh, Patrick, I've been looking forward to coming back and visiting with you. Some more. Last time we talked, you didn't have much of a voice, so now we get to kind of start all over. It's kind of good, and uh, and I appreciate all you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and I'm honored to be with you. Well, it's my pleasure. On Wednesday, we're going to talk with the legendary investor, um, uh, legendary investor. What's his name? Well, Jim Rogers. He's in Singapore. An amazing guy. Yeah, at nine o'clock. We are going to do a little bit early because uh, it's going to be late in Singapore. We're going to talk to him about oil, gold, Ukraine gas, the whole thing, and what, what he believes is going on geopolitically. Well, we have lots to talk about. Uh, I, I continue to kind of encourage people that I talk to, uh, Mr. Sherwood, and in, in, in the California, and who are fleeing these uh, kind of left-winging socialist states. I'm being very kind here, coming to Texas and, 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 and Florida. Check out Oklahoma. You, you guys' yeah. land prices are about 25% of what it is in Texas, and it's a great state. To you have room there? Yeah, you have room there for us. Lots of room here. There's lots of good um, <laughs> land to buy. the hmm. The market is really good right now. Unfortunately, like a lot of realty markets right now, it's interesting that the the inventory is a little bit low, and the prices are starting to dry back up a little bit. Yes, but sir. the interest rate which is climbing once again, will probably push that out the other way where they get some good inventory. But bottom line is you can get a lot of house and a lot of land for a little money in Oklahoma. Yes, sir. I've been looking at some land a little further out in Texas just because I'd like to get some cows and chickens and horses and stuff. And they they have these 100-acre tracks maybe an hour west of me that they're 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 putting on the market, I don't know if they'll get it, for $60,000 an acre. I mean, that's crazy. Crazy land. Wow. Crazy land. I mean, crazy land. You know, 100 acres for $6 million. What's up with that? It's not like that, that in Oklahoma, that is it? way out of the price range market. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Do you all have some lakes and water and streams up there in Oklahoma? We do. Uh, northeastern and eastern Oklahoma is known as lake country. Uh-huh. So there's multiple lakes up, lakes up here. And uh, I can tell you there's not any land that I know of in the rural America for anything close to 60,000 acres. Yeah. Pretty much here, probably one to, um, you know, developed or not, one to probably 5,000 acres, probably good p- price range. How much, like if you wanted a 100-acre track in northeast, what would you have to pay? 
Uh, depending on where it is, yeah. you know, does it have electricity? Does it have water? Those are going to be amenities that might add there. You might pay anywhere from one thousand if it's not developed, maybe one thousand to about four or five thousand an That's acre. That's amazing. Get around the hundred acre area. Well, I'm going to check out up there. I uh, yeah. I have uh, seven brothers and sisters and parents in St. Louis, so I've I've driven through Oklahoma a lot, you know, to catch up with the with the highway there. What is it, forty, forty four, or whatever. Yeah, forty uh, yeah. is good, right? And but it's a beautiful state. I mean, really, is nice, nice land up there. And people don't really think of Oklahoma as being a cool place, but you guys are pretty cool as far as political agenda. I mean, all politics are crazy, but you are much more uh, conservative and left, uh, right leaning, and Second Amendment. Are you? Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, uh, Texas sort of had that lean more, uh, but then there's a little bit of a a, a big city shift. Right. in texas and so in oklahoma we haven't seen the severity of that big city shift making these big cities turn completely uh you know blue uh they're probably a little more purple tint in oklahoma but in the rural area is still very 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 conservative mm-hmm. so just like most cities uh mr sherwood uh, you'll get the the in the city then they're all kind of lefties right yeah, that's the way the strategy is. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of these businesses that um, have kind of woke ideologies, yes, sir. you know, they are fast growing, you know, kind of the techie industry, that kind of thing. And it's very popular right now because it's very profitable. Uh, but what happens is they will um, be enticed by states to come into states, do business. And on the surface, it looks good because there's jobs there to be attached. But the long-term effect, though, when you bring that type of business into a culture it will change the culture and the culture will be changed to you know people that work there and having children and they'll, they'll get into schools they get into the lifestyles etc so you know that's the way the um the left tries to work the shifting of the stands per se within the political area in cities and and you know like in texas you know austin uh san antonio sure. houston dfw those are the targets but you get in the rural area man in texas you're still going to find the hardcore conservative yes sir um we've done some shows on the un and agenda 21 thing where they get in with the school boards and uh, the yep. city councils are you up on that and have you seen that in action where they actually do they pay these city councils to do what they want to do how does that work well, what happens is the city councils are typically elected offices. And yes, so sir. how do you win elections? You win elections with money and name recognition. It's not really on um, affiliation and it's not really on ideologies for the most part. I know because I've mm -hmm. been there, mm -hmm. um, although there's some of that, but the majority of it is name recognition and funds. So these uh, institutions like you're talking about could go in there. They can begin to invest in these institutions and all that. And then here's what happens. Once you get in there, the I call it the minority voice begins to rise up and say, hey, you know, you need to start supporting in schools LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. If you don't, we're going to sue you. Mm -hmm. And so the fear of that begins to become rooted in. We begin to see an infiltration in the school boards and we see a lack of courageousness upon the school boards and we see parents that are supposed to be driving the school education anyway they begin to check out because they're frustrated with the way the schools are going and therefore you got this um, sort of this uh, negative spiral that goes with these schools do do they do they literally threaten to take away money if the school board doesn't do things like 
masking or agenda in the in the textbooks do they and they get away with it yeah so the way it is and this is, goes back to the states rights etc discussion so uh, the department of education from the federal government needs to go away like yesterday that's like a bad headache and it, it doesn't need to exist because it's the government has no authority over education that's number one none right they have so no they what have happens none. is they create all this printed money that has no backing right it's basically debt money blood money i call it, it has it has no value other than what it's perceived to do and they throw this at these schools under the idea we want to help you out we're all about education it's got a great story to it it's mm -hmm. got a great um clickbait headline you know kind of <laughs> like that but what happens is is once it gets in there and once the schools get um dependent upon that patrick you know you buy computers blah blah blah. you get nice stuff and the parents are all happy the kids are happy they come home see the new macbook and all this stuff like that and all of a sudden now you're you're hooked in there uh almost like legalized bribery and if you ever push back you know full well and the superintendents know this they know full well they take a chance of losing that federal money and then they have to take the heat for it ah okay so, you know so there's a there's a little bit of a um th there's a leadership quality here that i hope people catch true leaders are willing to take the heat for the right things true followers were never leaders in the first place and so i hope people catch that because that's what we have today we have these leaders that won't rock the boat because they're in the boat you they're, know? In the, they're in the boat <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're the part of that. It's going to cause their life to get all screwed up, you know. So it's important to kind of know that that's how it happens. That's how it happens with federal overreach within our um, oil and gas, within all of our economy, within education, within infrastructure, uh, within political um, establishment, ideology, et cetera. Yes. Yeah, so, so to set the stage, you're a naturopathic doctor. You ran for the primaries to be governor in the great state of Oklahoma. How did you do? Did you were you pleased with what you were able to do in grassroots? Yeah, we were. Uh, we got over fifty thousand votes, Patrick. Is that a lot? And, uh, Is that a lot for a primary? Yeah, it's a lot for Oklahoma. You know, when mm. you got, um, you really only get about um, two hundred thousand people vote. So really? we wow. feel really good about that. From in the primary, we feel really good about that from the standpoint of, you know, we didn't cheat anybody we didn't lie to anybody we told them the truth and this is just me man uh, I we know, didn't right? cheat i mean uh, we didn't cheat you know <laughs> no my wife and i drove around the state and um we worked every day in our practice wow now who, who does that right. we work every day we went somewhere every night and for almost 11 months we took exactly zero days off got very little sleep but we did it because we we're trying to communicate uh, a passion and a compassion on people to know that um, there are people out here that are willing to stand up in the gap and take those leadership roles on. Mm -hmm. And we did it to sort of, um, well, to shake them up a lot. And we did. Um, even as recently as, you know, today, I had people reach out and say, hey, you know, we want to establish a republic of Oklahoma and you are our governor. And that's a whole different discussion, but it's like a, a crazy oh, the, idea. You mean the republic of Oklahoma, like people have been talking about in Texas for years? Bingo. Wouldn't that be great? Okay, I want to talk about cool. that. So so generally, states' rights, uh, simplify it. Uh, as we like to say around here, uh, talk to us like we're a young child or a golden retriever. What, what does states' rights mean, the Tenth Amendment? What does that mean, really? All right, this is going to be a story okay. um, that people are always going to remember. 
And so for the listeners, our founding fathers had a process put in place as to prevent centralized power. We knew centralized power, everybody agrees with this, the more power they get centralized, the more powerful it becomes, and the more you can have egos, fame, fortune, pride in there. So the founding fathers established this idea of federalism, which was a unique structure, uh, experiment, if you will, of checks and balances so that that wouldn't happen. So they, they established a constitution, and within the constitution, they did quickly this Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights, there's 27 amendments, but the Bill of Rights is the first 10. The 10th Amendment's very key. The 10th Amendment basically says, I'm heavily paraphrasing it, unless the states or the people specifically give a power over to the United States, it's retained at the state and level with the people in the state. Really? And if you look at the Constitution, hmm. there's only 18 congressional powers. Article 1, Section 8, only 18. And the president has less, right? So, you know, they don't have much power. The states have broad broad and really undefined powers so in this relationship the way it was supposed to be and this is what i want people to catch the states and the people in those states they are the parent and the federal government is the child Hmm. and it was supposed to be like that now we know in a dysfunctional family when the child gets given too much power it's like giving that child a maserati car they have no driver's license, but here's your key and here's your credit card with unlimited expenditure, and you can just go and do what you want to and go crash it. It's good. We'll buy you another one. Hmm. And so we've given this power uh, uh federal government unnecessarily and erroneously, and now they have been given charge of us to care for us financially, to clothe us, to feed us, to protect us, to teach us. And they were never equipped, nor mature enough, or ever intended to handle that. And so that Tenth Amendment needs to be really honored with a sense these individual states were individual sovereign states that had their own little flavors, you know, they could pass laws that you don't like Oklahoma, you can go to Texas, we're a little different, you know, and they had this autonomy that is not subjected to these arbitrary rules of the federal government. So the all that said, the federal government was a tiny, tiny little thing. Tiny little thing. It's supposed to be tiny with these narrow, specific defined powers. And the states were these big, powerful entities. Came and all out. the federal government was supposed to do was just to do their job and get out of the state's life. But boy, we've turned that around, haven't we? Yeah. So, so the idea being that um, if, the, if the states take money, Mr. Sherwood, from the government, are there uh, kind of uh, these fine print agreements that they agree to stuff? Can they get out of that? Can they get out of those? Yeah. Can they? Of course you can. I mean, like, uh, let's look at it from education standpoint. Mm. If if the federal government was printing a bunch of money and, and giving, you say, you know, $1 billion to the state of Oklahoma, and we're going to use this to educate, right? And you're going to give this equally dispersed among these universities or among these, you know, schools, right. and you're gonna you're gonna make sure that as per agreement of take this money, you're gonna make sure that this is covered, this is covered, this is covered. You know, Common Core, whatever. Whatever. Okay. If we say going along there in Oklahoma, we say, man, that Common Core is becoming yeah. Yeah. indoctrination. So we're not about indoctrination. We're about 
education. So we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to make sure that we do education. Well, this, the state would have every authority to conduct that the way they wanted to, right? The federal government could come back and say, well, hey, um, you're not following our rules. We're going to take the money from you. And this is the this is the where the rubber meets the road. The states have to be willing to do that and become individual, self-sufficient, independent of the federal government in regard to their federal overreaching streams strings. And Texas, you know, where you are, has the tenth largest economy in the world, I believe. Yeah. Texas can do that, which is really cool, right? And then if the federal government gets gets too ugly and they say, you know what? Uh, we're going to try to knock you down a few more steps. And you say, great. You want to take your money given us? We don't care. We're not going to give you money either. You see where I'm going with that? Yes, so sir. you've got to get to that point where the states actually start acting like a parent again. I see. Here's an, here's an email. I, I, I love it. I'm going to bring it up right now from Tyler. Uh, wow, you can get land that cheap in Oklahoma? I'm coming, but I'm concerned. Who is the governor now? And do you expect that there would be a conservative governor moving forward? Good question. You'd want to know I that before expect, you move to a state, right? You'd want to know. Yeah, I do expect the conservative-ish governorship to continue in Oklahoma. Hmm. Uh, I, I would be hard-pressed to find a Democrat win here unless there was an independent that ran to split the vote, right? So it, there's people here, just like in Texas, uh, the larger cities in Texas are larger than the cities of Oklahoma. Right. Therefore, the larger cities are having more influence within the political realm. In Oklahoma, we're not there yet. So uh, I think we're okay for several, um, probably a couple decades at least, you know. Uh, we're safe. The current governor is Kevin Stitt. He's a Republican. He's the incumbent. And he'll be going against a, a pretty strong, um, extremely heavy financially backed Democratic challenger which will make him sweat a lot, but I do think he'll come out on top in the November's election. So, I mean, if you if you just took a bunch of voters, conservative or liberal, and stacked them up, I mean, do you have any idea on how the numbers come out in Oklahoma? Just yeah, I would voters? guess probably um, you're going to get probably in the general election a a a sixty forty split. You're probably going to get a twenty twenty five percent difference. A conservative leading. Yes, correct. And and I, I think I've read and I've talked to somebody a few years ago, there's quite a bit of a more constitutional conservative people in your your, your House and, and Senate in Oklahoma too, right? Pretty strong? Yes, we have a super majority hmm. uh, in both um, houses at this point, Senate and House. And so it's very strong. Yeah, I will say this. This is true for the you know the the listener um you know there there's a lot of uh the rhino the republican name only nonsense yeah, yeah. that goes you on never know, yeah. that's everywhere that's everywhere yeah well all politics is theater and so you know republicans are just less theatrical sometimes than the other guys right okay so so let's talk big picture here i mean you right in the belly of the beast um so it looks like there are forces that are controlling, let's just be kind here, the Biden administration, and they're just bonkers, right? Geopolitically, yeah. the amount of money they're creating, they're borrowing from the Fed. I mean, it's just, and now monkeypox, they're going to try to go with this guy. Goodness knows what's going to happen for the midterms. Uh, word around the campfire is they're going to try to run with some kind of a crazy aliens or something and get mail-in voting. I don't know, and steal this one. 
Um, so let's just say that these people are just totally out of control. And if there's a day when Oklahomans or Texans want to just leave, bye-bye, do you see that day coming sometime, possibly? Honestly, I do. Do you? Um, there's enough people, I do, there's enough conservative people that um, will never give up their guns, that understand the principles of, for example, you know, Biden working with the WHO, trying to negotiate some treaty. Let us understand that treaties can't even be approved unless you have two-thirds uh, approval from the Senate, Article Two, Section Two, hmm. and so in the Constitution. So, so he doesn't even have the authority to negotiate the treaty for one thing, because regarding health, the states never gave him that right. So we never gave it up. Back to our Tenth Amendment discussion. So, what I'm getting at is, I do think the people, as you you, we all know around the world, are rising up. They're getting sick and tired of it all, and I think there's a good group of people that are going to say, you know what, I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with you. Done. And I, I, that probably will happen in our lifetime. Patrick. Do you think so? Yeah, I know there's a big movement here in Texas. I mean, it's really, yeah. really. I think there was a vote with all of the Republicans in this, some kind of vote. It was like 75% said, yeah, we should just bail out. Boy, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be a, that'd be a day to remember, wouldn't it? Man, you say, I'm out of here. Woo. I think we can probably see that happening because like, um, you know, as I was telling you previously, mm. the idea of the Republic of Texas, you yes, know. Yes, sir, in the Republic the, of Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, in the Republic of Oklahoma, these are different sort of governments, you know. These terms like um, that you hear sometimes kicked around de facto or de jure. De facto law is kind of by, by force, de jure is by law, right? And so there's, there's two things going on, and there's a lot of believers out there that believe the Constitution has shifted over to these de facto, which was never constitutional, governments making them unconstitutional <laughs> so there's a lot of people that want to move back that direction to these ideas of the people are actually you know the, the the government and that's the way it should be right so um what would it take for a state like texas or oklahoma to really really secede from the union i mean do you know the, the mechanics of that what that would take you know, I'm not sure the mechanics, the way we would do it today to secede, mm -hmm. but I do know you would have the wherewithal as a state. As a state. To be able, and the leadership would have to be willing to take a bullet. I mean, literally, because sure. yeah. you're talking about looking at the federal government and saying, you know what? We, we, we love you, but we're done. Mm -hmm. We ain't giving you any more money. Right, you see, so what would what you do? You, with what, that? what do you mean? You mean federal federal taxes? Yeah, what are we going to pay? That we're not part of that union anymore. Could you do that without officially succeeding? You know, I think you probably could mm -hmm. at some point because you know you're going to get to the idea of uh, what are you going to do? Lawful, who are they going to sue? Yeah, what are you going to do? Right, what are you going to do? And so I think, but but we the the, the point of this is that we have to get to the point where we're willing to do those things, one, two, three, or four, whatever's applicable so that we can maintain and even regain our freedoms in this beautiful constitutional republic we have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, then if it comes to push come to shove, would you ever foresee the possibility of a United States military uh, fighting with people in Texas? I mean, that wouldn't happen, would it? I mean, what, you oh, know, that's what I think one. about our 
I don't even want yeah, to think, I think about, about that. The military. Yeah. Yeah. I think about like the, um, uh, the Nazi Germany, right? Right. For example, you know, I don't think we're to that point yet because I do think within the military, there are some amazing, awesome people, men and women patriots that would never think about turning a gun upon a citizen just because they were given an order by a superior officer. Right. And I understand that from a police officer standpoint, even back when these uh, mandates were being kicked around way back when, you know, you got to close this and we're going to use police powers, blah, blah, blah. That was an unconstitutional order. And I had many police officers tell me, look, I don't care what, what they tell me. No, I'm not. I'm not going to enforce that. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of military people would be like that. And you would see that that flip. They would say, not going to do it. Mm-hmm. The people of America, Patrick, have a have a seed in them, a seed down deep that's so um, stuck that freedom will always ring somehow or the other. And if you start messing with that seed of freedom within the the American dream, the American vision, mm-hmm. the American experiment, you have bitten off more than you can chew. And I, and I think that the way that the federal government was once again need to look at the people and say you know what we're going to like not mess with you anymore mm-hmm. and I, I wish it was that point yesterday yeah um, as we mentioned earlier you probably know virtually every city in the world there's people in the streets today just telling the government to leave me alone for whatever reasons all the mandates and you know lockdowns and the money and the whole thing I mean this could be the beginning of some worldwide kind of revolution where the people are just had enough, right? What are you going to do? I'm done. I think we're at that point. <laughs> you know, you? I, I've said it like this. America, specifically the central part of these United States, which are not really united anymore, but right. you get the idea. The central part of America in, in uh, the United States actually represents the last hope for the world's freedom. I really see it as all eyes are on the world, or the world are on this part of our country now. Are we as a people gonna just roll over? Because if we roll over, the world will roll over. We've been the lead um, person, entity, country, uh, idea of freedom for the whole world, you know, for now going on 250 years. Hmm. You know, we are the hope of freedom. Everybody wants to go come here because they want the American dream. So we're hanging on to that by a thread, I might add. Yeah. But I do see the the force of Americans hanging on to that and not letting it go. What would you think would have to happen here, uh, Dr. Sherwood, for people in this country to get on the streets like we did in the 70s during Vietnam? I remember those days, too. And we had an impact. Well, I think we're, we had an impact. You know? Yeah, I think we're at that edge right now, especially with this brand new um, concept idea of monkeypox. Yeah. You know, the, the world. I Look, at this point, and, I, and please don't, hope listeners don't take this wrong in our profession the whole bit. I'm about ready to look at the who and say, who do you think you are? Who do you think they are, right? You know, because I don't really give a rip what they think at this point, nor do I trust them. And frankly... You know, you look at even our whole uh, medical system. I mean, we've seen just a massive erosion in trust with that, right? A massive erosion in trust with our government. I don't think they're going to be successful this time, at least in the central part of the United States, trying to build any sort of uh, mandates, lockdowns. But I do think they're going to try it again. And I think that's a key point 
to the people of perhaps New York, seeing the people of Oklahoma, I'm not doing that. Well, that's going to inspire the people of New York, for example, to get on the streets. Mm -hmm. So I think that the government's probably bit off more than they can chew if they stick their hand in the lion's mouth one more time. They've lost so much credibility with this just injections and, and the, the masking and the whole thing was just such a mess, wasn't it? And now it's like, but I don't have a TV, but uh, I can only imagine what's going on in the mainstream media. The challenge is, is they own it all, right? They they got it all. They got all the media. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. so a lot of people don't know this, but Big Pharma in general is the largest contributor to political campaigns. Whoa. So they're the big lobbyists. Yeah. So, of course, the, the their voice then becomes not just money by advertising directly to the citizen through TV and radio, right? They do. They buy those ads and the, the TV radio are dependent upon that, but they also have a voice to the government. So it's this the large network of almost putting people in bondage. And so you look at that and you're like, okay, you did the right thing getting rid of the TV. Can you imagine what life would be like right now if we had never heard of COVID? Oh. Wouldn't that have been a great life? I mean, we'd have just been rolling along there and probably, well, we've had a bad case of the flu this year. You know, we would have been rolling with that. But mm -hmm. unfortunately, now we have this thing going on that is a thing because we made it a thing, because it was broadcast as a thing. Yeah. You know, they've convinced, I don't so many people that this thing could go out and infect you, and we just don't believe it's true. We've never seen any evidence this thing's been isolated, and masks we know don't work. The whole thing, I think, was made up, but they've got so many people in fear that you think they're going to try to roll another one for the election just to see if they can get it done on this monkey pot? I do. Do you? Wow. I do, because, you know, you look at, um, you know, people have, you know, political um, analysts have talked about a big red wave about yeah. how the right. Republicans agree on the, the Senate. Well, you think for a moment the Democrats want to give that up. Yeah. Come on. You know, so you got to have some kind <laughs> really? of strategy. And then the, <laughs> yeah. the globalists, right, the globalist elitist is – oligarchy you know that wants to control everything the centralized power i'm not talking america i'm talking the world right you know well they don't want to give it up either so what better way to lead people down an erroneous pathway than controlling them by a propaganda diet of fear that hmm. keeps going on and on and on and if you get people believing stuff long enough even though not true if you keep hammering them they're going to believe it's true and we are at that point now where a good number of people, millions of Americans, actually believe that putting something on your face akin to a mop, a mop that you get wet, put it on the floor, and it picks up all the dust and all the grime, that doing that same thing to your face actually prevents a virus from getting in there and yes, doesn't cause any damage. Yeah. A virus has never been proven to exist, by the way. We, we need to say, and you're a doc, you know, you, yeah. under, you understand that. Boy, they pulled this thing off. It's just amazing. We look back and talk to our kids and grandkids and tell them this story, and they're not going to believe it, are they? They're going to, what? No. What did you guys do? They're, <laughs> they're going to go, you guys are making this up. That's a movie that you made up. But you know what? Um, <laughs> people will believe anything if they have enough people telling the story. Right. Nobody refuting it. But they did a really good job. I got to give them credit. No, by, they did. They did. Um, silencing the people that were bringing questions and again who was controlling the narrative follow the money yes, sir. right and it, it always tells a story doesn't it yes sir can you stay there for a few more minutes 
Yes, sir. Okay, Dr. Mark Sherwood, he's in the great state of Oklahoma, and um, uh, let's do this, and uh, this is one of the all-time terrific technologies that we've had uh, in our possession. Previously, with the highly credentialed Dr. Thomas Levy, he argues because the literature shows that oxidation is the cause of disease. But the whole point is the location, the concentration, the duration, the distribution of oxidized biomolecules determines 100% of all diseases. And so that's why I say oxidative stress doesn't cause disease. Oxidation is disease. Is disease. If there's no oxidized biomolecules, you don't have a toxin. The toxic effect is oxidation of biomolecules. That's the entirety of it. And by the grace of God, several months ago, George Wiseman said this about hydrogen. Hydrogen is the world's best antioxidant by a long shot. Hmm. First of all, it's 700 times uh, smaller than something like uh, CoQ10, 400 times smaller than vitamin C, things like that. So it can literally go, the hydrogen molecule can literally go through everything in your body and go right into the very DNA and repair it. So now it makes sense why George was able to say this back in August 2019 with such conviction. The body accepts that gas and uses it to heal everything. It's like the fountain of youth. It's a, astonishing the amount of ailments. In fact, in scientific studies, and they have over a thousand scientific studies now, they are showing that it either helps the body heal directly or indirectly from virtually every ailment that ails any water-based life form. Okay, I'm sold. And I was able to get one. Yeah, we got one, and it's been three years next month that I've been breathing the hydrogen gas. Now, I am crazy, so you have to, you know, you have to just, you know, use that as a disclaimer because you could be crazy like me and not believe stuff. So uh, that's just a warning. So if you're going to start breathing hydrogen gas, that could happen. But if you like to do that, check it out. A 20% discount. It's really uh, the best deal ever. 20% using promo code one radio OneRadioNetwork.com. You make the water, you breathe the gas, and uh, you can go to MolecularHydrogenInstitute.com or org, and you can see some of the stuff, uh, the stuff, not a good term, but some of the peer-reviewed studies in Japan, in Thailand, in uh, or that part of the world, China, and amazing things with this thing called cancer, and also uh, with helping people to heal, the body heal, from different uh, um, blood clots and strokes and stuff. It's pretty crazy, uh, interesting technology, very safe. George has the safest machine that we know. He has safety features. Hydrogen is very powerful. I mean, they have hydrogen buses and hydrogen bombs and hydrogen whatever. Could be the next, you know, the next uh, uh, part of uh, energy in the future, hydrogen uh, technology. But it's also these things... Uh, can be used as a great healing for the body. It doesn't kill things. It doesn't kill parasites or anything. It's just a food. It's the number one molecule on planet Earth. That's what the stars eat for breakfast. Molecular hydrogen on one radio network.com. Quick plug and then back to Dr. Sherwood for our, our organic sulfur, pure sulfur. Uh, this has been used by the body uh, to detox uh, mineral, uh, detox stuff toxic uh, things out of the body uh, since the beginning of time. It's pretty hard to eat a lot of sulfur foods and as many sulfur foods as we think we need. 
and then the glyphosates, as Dr. Senna from MIT has taught us, the glyphosates mess up the sulfur cycle, and sulfur is used uh, for the body to detox toxicities, all kinds of them. So we take sulfur every day, a couple times a day. We think you'll like this product. It's one of the pure sulfurs on the market. Most of them have uh, adjuvants and tagalongs that make the sulfur not work as well. Just pure sulfur from one radionetwork.com. Check it out, and if you want more than four pounds, email me. Broadcasting from the beautiful hill country in Texas, this is one I had radionetwork.com. We're talking with a nice man, Dr. Mark Sherwood, naturopathic doc in the great state of Oklahoma. So do you think you'll want run again for office someday? Did you have you know, fun? I can't say yes, and I can't say no. Um, you know, I've been asked, you know, as you can imagine, uh, probably a hundred times, and it's almost like it happens every day. I'm used to it, but, you know, I mean, Patrick, uh, we, and I told you this before, we actually, my wife and I, we we believe that we were following God's direction to just say yes yeah. to the call. And um, it wasn't really about winning or losing. Um, we won when we said yes. And really, I look at the message one when we said yes, because um, 100% of the time, I did 250 speeches uh, wow. thereabouts, and and I did it doing what I knew to do best. I talked about God first, my relationship with Him, because I wanted people to know where I'm getting my um, mm-hmm. sources of wisdom and information. Then I talked about my wife and how I honor her and I cherish her, and she's my best buddy. I called her my... Uh, uh, not my uh, spare rib, but my prime rib. So people become uh, fondly um, referring to her as that. But you know, I don't know. I if if the Lord says yes, I'm going to do it uh, just to uh, be obedient. So that's kind of who I am. We'll we'll see what happens, though. You know, I know the world is in is in dire need of of people that have the heart to step up and stand in that interpositional gap for the sake of mankind. Yes, sir. Now, Sherwood TV, we have on your on your name there. What's that about, uh, Sherwood.TV? Yeah, that connects with my wife and I, everything we do. Huh. Um, you know, from, from the uh, health standpoint, people want to work with us. Uh, I appreciate your commercial, too. We've been using hydrogen a long, have long time. Have you really? How oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's been something I've taught a lot of classes on that over the course of time. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. Hear me, and this hopefully this helps. Everybody listening needs to get hydrogen in their system yesterday. I'm telling you, I drink it every single day, like a whole pitcher of that stuff. Do you? You know, every day. Huh. Yeah, and so it's good. But we deal with a lot of this um, age management, you know, reversal mm-hmm. of the age, biological aging process. And then our books are there, our movies are there, um, our media is there, and find out what we're doing next is there as well. Oh, what fun. Do you have children, you too? You have children? Yeah, we've got three kids. Um, and... Um, Two grandkids at this point. Wow. How old are your children? Well, you, well, I started when I was 12, so no. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, um, 29, 27, 26. Wow. Well, you're looking good for whatever, uh, how many times you've been been around the bend. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've been around the planet 57 times at this point, so I'm still How many on. times? How many times? 57. 57 tags. Yeah. I got 76 of them on me, baby. Come on, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I do. I yeah, I think aging's a scam. I I just think it's I just I think it's made up, Doc. I really do. I think it's Yeah, I look at like aging. There's a 
And we test this a lot with some really unique tests. We test what's called the biological aging. I want to know what that is, your biological age. I want to know what the biological aging pace is. Mm -hmm. And I want to know that compared to the chronological age. And further, and we can test this and treat it, I want to know what the immune age is. The immune age. That's the most most important thing right there, immune age. So, so do you do like the telomeres and DNA to go biological age? Yes, we do all of that. Um, we have done that for a long, long time. So um, we look at the, um, and we actually have some pro, some uh, peptides that will actually lengthen telomeres. Tel- oh, Isn't that crazy? Cool. Yeah. yeah. I did a DNA thing a few years back before I really got into it. And it was about 15 years less than my, the tag that the culture puts on me. Pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, most people um, that do this kind of mindset right. probably be 20, 25, maybe 30 years younger than what the calendar says. So you, you can't stop the the old, the aging process, but as you said in the commercial, the presence of free radicals that are not dismissed or quenched actually contributes to the aging speed. Yeah, I think so. And uh, it feels like toxicity is really the big one these days. If we if we get rid of the toxic food and toxic air and toxic thoughts, I mean, we're pretty good, aren't we? I mean, we're doing pretty well. Yeah. 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 I think the toxic thoughts are probably Huge. the thing that's underestimated. I oh. mean, a lot of people spend so much time um, talking about the world's falling apart, right. the world's going, it's already there. So get over it. Now, what are we going to do about it? You know, and I always give people hope. I've got this little thing on my wrist here that you, I don't know if you can read it, but it like says it. hope dealer, hope dealer. And I want us to become hope dealers. We need to be that at this yeah. time in our history. Boy, I tell you what, if we can't get up in the morning and do our job and really look forward, trusting God is going to help us as long as we help ourselves, it's not going to end well. I mean, we will we will age and we will leave, right? Yeah. We will just Hang leave. Hang on to hope. Yeah. Hang on to hope. Hang on to the author of hope, which is God. And then if, if we do that, yes, sir. Um, life doesn't get, you know, the, the world's going to be challenging, but we'll get to the challenges much, much more better than we would without it. Yeah. Let's talk about the dirty world of politics that you almost got into. God love you. Um, so <laughs> many, there's about 100 million Americans out there that are hanging their hopes on this man called Donald Trump in yeah. three years. And now, I, you know, I, I, I kind of, you got to love the guy. I mean, he's out there just getting his butt kicked. But, you know, I kind of lost a lot, and I want to get your opinion, because you being a doctor, when he bought into the whole vaccine thing. You know, I, now I just, uh, I don't trust him now because he did that one. Am I, am I being too no. cynical? No, you're not. Um, I said this recently did a few you? times. I think the um, Operation Warp Speed was one of the most horrendous, short-sighted decisions in the history of our country. Uh, I, wow. I did not think it was wisdom hmm. because it, it put the and, and hear my heart with this, yes, listener. Sir. Don't tune me out. It put the attention as a Christian nation on a vaccine at a speed with which it's never been done before, above and beyond trusting God. Yeah. We never heard someone stand up on the biggest platform in the history of the world, the president of these United States, and say something like 
and my fellow Americans and my fellow citizens worldwide. We don't know what we're dealing with. But there's a God that does know what we're dealing with, and I don't really know the answer, but I'm going to trust him for some wisdom here in this. And I ask you to bear with me here, and let's pray as a nation, and let's see what God shows us. Wow. We're not going to jump off anything um, radical or anything uh, crazy, and we're not going to follow the, the bandwidth of what um, the world says. We're going to do what God says. I would have loved to have somebody say Ooh, that, and they man. didn't. I got goosebumps you just saying that. I mean, well, boy, wouldn't you just love to hear... I mean, why not? I mean, we know that's the truth. We know that inspiration and truth comes from God. Whatever your uh, image or whatever your religion, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is. No, and it you know, like, but to say that yeah. is a sabotage to my political career. Really? But see, I don't care because I'm not doing this to gain a political career. I'm I doing this to shine truth. That's why politicians don't talk like that. You know, they don't do that. So do you think that you're speaking that way in your 250 speeches when you were in the primaries for Oklahoma governor, it, it caused you votes saying that? Oh, sure, sure. But really? again, I But never, you didn't care. And you didn't care. No, I never lost one <laughs> bit of sleep. Actually, I gained sleep because I did things the right way. <laughs> That's right. What a, what a what a concept, right? What a way to sleep, yeah, right? No doubt. When you just go to bed saying, "Well, I did the best I could. Let's let's yeah, do it again." I didn't. No, I never lost one night of sleep for anything I said, you know, because it was straight from the heart, and I meant it. And I truly love people, and even if people don't see things the way I do, I still love them anyway, sure. deeply. I know, and uh, and that's the way we should do. Good for you. So, I mean, I guess it's just a God thing on the karma of this country and what's going to happen of where we go from here because we have free will so we don't know what the the free will of the people are going to do in the next two or three years right we just don't we don't know yeah my concern is this and again i, I i'm very clear on this patrick uh, um if, if um donald trump wins the republican nomination i'm gonna support it sure right you know what, what, what else do? you gonna do what are you gonna right, do? right. the point being i, I I feel like that um, we, as a Christian nation, as good as he was for the Christian nation, we did him a disservice. We did that because we put him on a demagogue status. Demagogue meaning we didn't, you know, uh, he, everybody's human, man. I mean, the, 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 the draw, the crave for pain, fame, power, money, um, it can get any of us, man. And we put him on that pedestal and now look at what's happening he has influenced the races of some of these political primaries lots of them he's endorsed clearly clearly people that have not been the right people for the sake of winning huh. and i'm telling you righteousness and truth has always got to lead the way and not winning as lead the way. If you do things to win, you're already compromised. And so my hope is that people will not allow him to be put in that position anymore, that we will hold him accountable and realize that he works for us, hmm. the people. And we will not fall into some cult-like trance that says, whatever happens, we're just going to write it off. We don't care. Hmm. Because if he wins, he's only there for four years. My friends, next question for you is, then what? What are you going to do now? Right? He's not going to be able to rewrite the Constitution and give himself 12. So then what? You know? And so I say all that to give people a dose of reality. Hmm. 
Well, it's, it appears the globalists running things in so many ways don't want him around, and they're going to do everything they can to not even let him in. Totally. Right? right. That's well, right. Well, maybe it would be a God thing if he somehow they keep him out and then maybe DeSantis runs. He's a pretty cool guy. I think DeSantis has done a fine job in Florida. He yeah. seems to be the only governor that I've observed that has any common sense of a backbone, mm. <laughs> you know, because the, he has actually stand up and doing what's right, constitutional, with at least a guidance of a moral compass. And the rest of them kind of roll over to the federal government. He's not. So he's acting in that state sovereignty mode, which I think um, yeah. he deserves great commendation for that. Yeah. Have you heard him talking, talking trash about the WHO? Will you mention that? He's been, oh, totally. He's been all over. I, mean, I love that guy because um, I never met him. Yeah. I mean, I look forward to meeting him one day and um, hopefully have a cup of coffee with him or something. But, I mean, we kind of think alike. You know, I see that WHS, I don't really give a damn what you think. Yeah. You know, you're not going to run over our state. Good luck. You got no jurisdiction here. But even with a DeSantis or anybody that's really good, do you think we as a culture, I got the feeling that somehow we have put these presidents and all these people on these pedestals thinking that they're going to save our lives, right? And it's just not going to happen. Just not gonna happen. No, <laughs> the uh, the nation and the concept of our re republic, guided by the constitutional republic freedom, is not saved at the federal level. It's saved the local and state level. The most important people we have from elected officials would be like the governor and the sheriffs. Yeah, that's that's basic one hundred and one. And I hope people catch that because like a sheriff can say, nope. Not in my county. Not here. ATF, you want to come in? You need to ask me for permission. And the answer might be no. So, you know, that's where the, the ability to hold the um, federal government out and at bay when the people rise up. Look, I use this definition. Um, tyranny is when the people fear the government. Freedom is when the government fears the people. Oh. And we really need to bring that back as far as uh, 180 right now. I noticed on your website when you were running, uh, you uh, were a fan of uh, Sheriff Mack, and we talked to him several times. Boy, the yeah. whole state, uh, the whole uh, um, county sheriff thing is huge, isn't it? He, he's the big dog in the block, right, these guys? Yeah, Sheriff Mack and I are just really good friends. Yeah, As a matter you? of fact, he, he told me, he said, if you win, um, he was formally endorsing us, but he said, if you win, I'm going to move my family to Oklahoma. Really? And so I was like, wow, you know, but yeah, he's a terrific guy. He's got it. You know, he's uh, the only guy, him and um, his seven other sheriffs. That's it. Seven, not 77, that sued the federal government under the Clinton administration and they won. The Brady thing. Right? The Brady law. Yeah, the Brady thing. And he's still alive to tell about it. So that yeah. tells you that Clinton is not all that powerful. He didn't kill him. Right? Well, Dr. Mark Sherwood, before we go, let's just uh, do talk about the courts for a minute. I'm concerned with all of the lawlessness I see with this Steve Bannon trial, even Alex Jones. I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff they're trying to do to him. They won't even let him testify, say he's innocent. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, whoa, boy, when you start getting this Looney Tunes in the courts, it's, that's sad, isn't it, Doc? It's sad. Yeah, there's no due process. Um, wow. I feel like Congress has overstepped their bounds so much. And unfortunately... You know, there's no one that is, is holding them to fire. Like, for example, if Bannon, you know, was living in Texas, for example, and was a Texas resident, let's just say that, That's you know, a, and um, then, you know, if you look at this, 
the Fed should say, hey, Texas, would you mind maybe letting your citizen, would that be okay if he can testify? I'm giving people a kind of a, a scenario here. And they're like, nope, not going to do it. Because, I mean, I get Congress's power to issue subpoenas, but when we got a lack of success, and it's almost like a kangaroo court at this point, uh, I'm not sure what we're doing anymore with it, Patrick. Uh, the smart money or the Constitution will say that he's going to win this appeal because they were totally out of control. Poor Alex Jones. I don't know what's going to happen to him. Boy, they want to get him in the worst way. Um, well, Alex has been a voice of reason, hasn't he? Yeah, we, I mean, we, I remember when he was on Access Television 30 years ago in Austin, and he was just sitting there in his little white shirt, you know, talking about the New World Order. And guess what? He was right. 30 years he was ago. Right. He was right 30 years ago, and they all thought he was crazy. They all thought, yep. he was, all thought he was crazy. Well, I guess the light on the end of the tunnel, as far as the courts, the Supreme Court looked like they're, they're stepping up, right? And they, that EPA ruling was pretty cool, right? Yeah, EPA. Yeah, the Supreme Courts are doing a really good job right now. They're getting decisions, uh, opinions right. Right. And again, but at the same time, we as people, and leaders should know the Constitution and not depend on the Supreme Court to do all the interpretation for us. Right. right. We should know it. And we're like, yeah, I'm not doing that because I realize that this is right. So we've actually almost in in an inappropriate way given them so much power, we wait on them to do something so that we'll act. Yeah, we have a constitutional authority on our show every now and then, Richard Proctor. And he, he, he tells us all the time, these people are doing stuff they never should have been doing in the first place. Like totally. Roe, the original Roe, it was not their jurisdiction. It was just... Never has been, has it? Just never has never been. Never has been their jurisdiction. And he says, and even if it was, it was only between Roe and Wade. That was it. Not, it didn't have anything to do with anybody else. So no. I, yeah, Wow. Did you see where they're yeah, trying, to, trying to really... Go after Clarence Thomas's wife now? I mean, come on, these people are. Yeah, that, that's it's so far out of bounds at this point. Crazy um, land, man. You know, I just hope that we as American people will hold their feet to the fire every day and not cooperate in a peaceful way yeah. with some of their nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice to have you on the good team. Thanks for coming on the show, Doc. It's really a pleasure talking to you. It really oh, is. Reach out anytime, Patrick. Yes, Good stuff, sir. man. Sherwood.tv, and you can see what Doctor and his wife is up to, right? And so you yep. stay out of trouble, and uh, don't get any, <laughs> don't don't fall for the germ thing. And we'll see you soon, sir. All right. All right. Sounds great, Patrick. Thank you. Take care. Love you. Take care of yourself. Love you too, man. Bye bye. What a good guy, huh? Boy, I tell you what, just talking, just fun talking to reasonable people. Not a whole lot out there these days. Well. um, well, we had fun this morning. Hope you enjoyed Dr. Jennifer Daniels. And um, we will stream her show uh, beginning now and Dr. Sherwood again. And then tomorrow, Bear Paul Lando. Really wonderful fellow. He's in uh, uh, the Northwest and he does some really good things. And we're going to talk about uh, who we are, why we are, and where we are. We really have fun talking about those things. And then... Uh, probably one of the most legendary investors ever, ever, Jim Rogers out of Singapore will be here an hour early on Wednesday because the time difference is 13 hours or, yeah, 13 hours difference. So it'll be, oh, 10 o'clock at night. So he's agreed to come on late at night. And then uh, Matthew Errett on Wednesday as well. So 
We have some good shows for you. Please uh, pass on to our links, everyone that you care about. If you'd like to watch the videos, we have them on BitChute. All of our audio files are there for you. Go back in to our, uh, you know, our, our search function on the top right hand of the page. You'll find all kinds of things that, uh, you know, just thyroid, whatever, and detoxification, some really good stuff. Thanks for your support. If you need some things that you think will help you to stay healthier and wiser, and, uh, oh, uh, a quick little plug here before we go, talking about um, uh, these kinds of things politically. Uh, check out uh, my friend Fred Dashevsky. I, I was going to do him during this show because of the connection there with the government and money and stuff. His number is 800-878-2646. Uh, we really think that there's some big things going on and we'll talk about it um, on Wednesday with uh, Jimmy Rogers and also with Matthew Errett with China and Russia. And they're putting together a big package with the BRICS nation and also the rumors has it Saudi Arabia with doing their own reserve currency. And if this things keep going forward with the BRICS nations and the ruble, they're going to do a basket of currencies, challenge the dollar. That is going to do some things to uh, gold and silver that you will um, make your hair stand on edge, as Andrew Goss used to say. So if you want to get in now why gold and silver is on sale, 800-878-2646. Fred Jaszewski, Andrew Goss, uh, Goss's partner, 800-878-2646. And get some gold and silver coins. So we will see you tomorrow at um, 10 o'clock for Bear Paul Lando. I love you all very much. Thanks for your support. Let me know if I can help with something. I'm just an email away. Just email me. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. <laughs>